Murder bunnies of the Easter variation probably wouldn't want to put all of their eggs in one basket because hopping around and butchering people, you'd probably break them all trying to hold it at the same time. You only got one hand to work with too, right? But yeah, that's why I dig holes and put it in the ground instantly. (laughs) I need to respect my bodies here. Come on. That was so funny. I'll get oh to ba- I'll get back to them <laughs> later. It's fine. The pathfinders had not forgotten those who had fallen soon after stepping onto Varen soil. Noting the cost, they couldn't shake the feeling that civilization's price would be much greater. Still, something seemed to be looming in the shadows, ever watchful of their trek through the Varen wilderness. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, let's welcome back Cozy Faisal. What up, people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's good to have you guys here. We got a, a really fun show planned today, everybody. And uh, before we dig in, as always, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for all things Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. And welcome in to all of the Pathfinders who are here to join us today for this show. Um, Let's see here. As usual, if you'd like to show this, show some love. You can go over to our uh, pin post on Twitter over at Ashes Pathfinder over there on Twitter. Look at that pin post. You'll see the podcast places where you can listen, you can watch. Um, but you can also uh, give us a five-star review over on iTunes, which will be super helpful. And uh, if you do that, uh, leave a comment when you do that. We will read that here live. Um, also, you can call in and leave a message, which we can play. Call into one. 539-664-6801 um, or shoot some uh, mail to us via email at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. All right. So we do have an update on Ashes HQ, friends. Uh, we actually have been forming up slowly the forums. We've got some comments uh, that have been kind of there to help test that forum that has been up. I know we did it previously, but this one's the new one. And uh, I'm definitely a lot happier with this one. I'm looking at doing some customization this week. Um, but this week, we're actually going to pull from a comment or discussion topic that was outlined over at asheshq.com and be talking about that here during the show. Um, so definitely be sure to check out Ashes HQ. We do everything from the uh, developer live stream outline. Shout out to Skylark for that. Daedalist posts some articles there month. Um, we outline all you know the really concrete information related to Ashes of Creation, creation. and uh, it'll also be a place where you'll see a lot of other guides and things like that in the future. So definitely go check it out. Forums are there for people to kind of have some discussion around the game. And uh, yeah, we had a really great community night last night. We were talking about this. Uh, we do it every Friday. 
Um, it's a way for our guild, Knights of the Phoenix, to sort of gather around with all of the rest of the Ashes fam and the community that want to join in and the fun, get to know one another, hang out with each other. And uh, we did some V Rising. The game launched last week. Um, it is a survival. Basically, it's a gothic survival game that is basically focusing on vampirism. So you're basically running around as a vampire. It's very weird playing that when there are paladins essentially in the game and I'm killing them feels wrong but uh i can go with it i can go with it um we had a or great community night um <laughs> there's a reason i'm trying to rush through this part and not get any response like that so that we can i can pretend like that but alas uh i can't confirm or deny anything related to whatever you just said Dayless. so yes let's see alpha one video footage is continuing to roll every other week currently so i think we had one yesterday we'll have one tomorrow on monday so every other day currently moving forward we are on the july 14th 2021 playtest day now so definitely check it out um let me think any other announcements no gentlemen how have you been doing since last time Pretty good, pretty good, and enjoying the the new digs with the uh, V Rising and the community night was super fun. So uh, I'd have to say, I mean, it's the first game that has me hooked in a long time. So I'm enjoying that and enjoying getting ready for some discussion today on Ashes. Oof, that'd be a good one too. How about you, Faisal? Nice. I came back from Egypt yesterday night. <laughs> oh man, right on, man. So I've been. I have my cousin's wedding. Yeah, I remember. Uh, days ago. Nice, dude. Hopefully it was a really good time. It was a blast. It was outstanding. Did you get cozy on the dance floor with any, uh, never mind. He maybe did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, that's great, dude. Good to, glad to hear you had a good time. And um, I just want to say something here about B Rising. It's been a... This goes to show people that I can get sucked into a game, right? They saw me super playing Ashes and Alpha 1. I was playing it a ton. And in V Rising, I've played that. I think I put, if it wasn't for the fact I had world building stuff for my IP that I'm working on that I did yesterday that I had to prioritize, and if it wasn't for the fact that I had stuff to prepare for the show today, I'd probably be somewhere around 50 hours right now. But I set boundaries with myself. But I've already done like 32 hours on that damn thing this week. Um, that is a great example of the kind of uh, uh, investment I put into a game when I'm really having a good time. So people don't see me bouncing around to a ton of games, right? Or jump into the next hot MMORPG. It's because I'm very selective. But this game definitely goes to show you that I can get in there and I can get at it pretty hard because uh, I've lost the, more sleep than I'd prefer to talk about. I definitely felt it the next day and it accumulated i think over time a little bit but <laughs> weren't you level 27 in that video um i'm like 49 on that now <laughs> community night we went around and we rolled around and killed a bunch of those bosses and got some people up like if i hadn't if i wasn't doing the other things i'm doing i'd easily be 50 hours minimum right now in that game right luckily other things in life you know have allowed me to set boundaries and limits but it's been a good place to sort of play and do some things with the homies so it's been good to do that um gentlemen we've got a couple topics today see more than a couple even perhaps um see knights of the phoenix we are recruiting check um check out ashes hq check daedalus has got a article coming up at the end of the month check cool 
there's all the stuff. Let's talk about noting the cost. Name of it's a namesake for today's show, isn't it? What does that mean? It, I have another podcast I run called the Looking for More Podcast, and that one tends to be more generally around game development, MMORPGs, RPGs, like geek culture, nostalgic moments, and gaming, nerding out, right? And occasionally we'll talk about things that do sort of like have a place in this show as well, but we haven't talked about what we kind of talked about last time. And that was like talking about monetization. It actually, it stemmed from talking about an article that was on MMORPG.com. And in that article, they essentially outlined like, you know, the, 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 what's, what's a worthy subscription cost for MMORPG. Right. And that sort of really uh, opened the conversation to talking about monetization as a whole. So thinking about that and thinking about where Ash as a creation is going and where they're at now, I mean, this is something that's come up in the past month or so. Um, I think Magisto brought it up like a week or two ago, talking about uh, he, he literally redeemed a, a sim rant for me to talk about, you know, the the uh, cosmetic shop and 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 kind of talking about that. So. A lot of people have things to say about this. I mean, you see some content creators make like buzzword, clickbaity, you know, borderline toxic sort of stuff saying, you know, they're doing a horrible job with this. You know, they need to get it right. Then you've got people that are sort of like just outlining their monetization, right? Then you've got, you know, people that don't really care a whole lot. You got people that do and those that don't. But it, it is a conversation that does seem to come up quite regularly in in discussions around ashes i can't go one week when i am on one or two days a week talking ashes specifically where i don't have someone bring it up and talk about a concern or an issue with it or you know like fomo or any of that sort of stuff so with that being said gentlemen what have you recognized in regard to community sentiment around the subscription model the current cosmetic store ideas around future monetization of the game and whether that'll work. I mean, we could even jump in and talk about the referral stuff here, which we can use referral codes to potentially get a cut of the people we refer in, which you can check exclamation ashes in chat right now. And you can use that one to use my referral code difference about mine is I don't pocket it that like directly. If you sign up using that here, it goes directly back to the community in terms of giveaways or something. I won't keep it. Tim is going full stonks right now. I'm, dude, the, the legit <laughs> thing is, is like, I won't pocket any of it. Like a lot of people will. I'm not. It's just going right back out to the community because it's a win-win, right? You you got people that use it. Mm -hmm. They stick around. They're there. People spend their money playing Ashes. It's literally free giveaways that I get. And I don't have to spend a dime on it. Why wouldn't you do it, right? Yeah. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but... When you talk about all of those dynamics, gentlemen, like what has been community sentiment? What have been some of the things that you find most often you hear from people? Um, I mean, I would say like positively, you know, there's a lot of people that do like the fact that it is subscription based, um, that there's no box cost. I think that's usually like when I talk to friends that, you know, are marginally interested, I mention that, say, hey, this is. You know, it's not something you have you have to buy in at this point, but if you do, it's a relatively low barrier to entry. Um, I think that's one thing that I've heard. I've heard there's too many cosmetics. I've heard, um, 
you know, I like personally, I, I wanted to see more merch. I think at one point, like really early on, they had some merch. I don't know, like why they ended up pulling it most likely because, um, you know, I would expect that it, you know, they were doing a lot of rebranding. So a lot of what they have is just older, older branding. So they wanted updated current. And I'm, I know Maggie keeps talking about the fact that they are working on more merch. Like personally, um, you know, I've spent more than a bit on the cosmetics because I like them. Um, but I, I could, you know, definitely see just like what we were talking about prior to the show that it it tends to kind of be a little burnout-ish for some. This is like there's just so many cosmetics. It's all concept art until like we see it in the stream at some point, like later, much later. So you're seeing like things that maybe are potentially like one or two years old um but i would say like overall i mean i haven't seen a lot of people like that are opposed i see it from both a, a player side and i see it from an economic side because the developers do need to have some sort of income to maintain the pace at which they need to maintain to release this game and hire people i mean you know, Steven does have more than a few ducats to his name, but um, yeah, he he can't fund this alone himself. He needs a revenue stream. And that's what I feel the cosmetics are going to. I, I feel like he's reinvesting that. I wouldn't expect he's doing anything but considering what we've seen. Um, mm -hmm. Personally, I think they need to diversify. And, and again, we talked about this prior to the stream is that, you know, merchandise would be great. I would love to see something like mouse pads and shirts and, you know, what have you. Um, and I'd also love to see um, as well. I'd love to see some like more art that they would sell. Like if any of you have ever heard of display, it's it's kind of like that. They do licensed mm -hmm. products or it's metal posters that you can put up. I've been bugging you know maggie every chance i can get is like hey put some of ryan richmond's art on that or you know, like some of the other you know and even just like stuff you see right behind me here like Absolutely. anything that you can see like even just ashes of creation itself like the logo on something because i would love to you know put that on a wall um because i, I just i would love to see more of that gaming type of um merchandise in addition to cosmetics and and i don't know whether i am like i'm on the fence on whether or not i would say they need to stop doing that or at least tailor it back because i do really like them i mean generally i i've been consistent in finding something i like each month um but not that's not for everybody and and i wouldn't expect it to be but i still feel mm -hmm. like there's there's got to be some sort of business side that I mean, that's why I feel like they're continuing to do that because they want to make sure they have enough money to put the game out in a quality level of quality that they can be proud of. And in order to do that, you need manpower. I mean, oof. I'm saving okay. mine for last. So you oh. guys rant away. I got a whole bunch of stuff on my list. So basically, technically, there isn't wrong of something. Uh, they would put out every month because they're doing it on a monthly basis, they're not doing it weekly nor two weeks or anything. Every month, change it. 
And it's, I think it's decreasing the time rate of which a cosmetic changes. No. Mm. Or, I mean, still relatively every, Sorry. it's still relatively every, every month. Still. Okay. The time shifts, but, the day, the day that they post it shifts a little bit though. And I think there yeah. was like that one month around the end of last year where it like went for two months, right? Or something or a month and a month and a half yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that would be true on that last year, I think. But they're losing the interest of the people because that's the only thing that they can buy. Uh, and, it's a, and it's like, psychology point of view people would just lose interest over time because they they're expecting this to be what they're given um so we have a term in business where basically mean uh what we say is don't put all your eggs in one basket if you do Mm -hmm. that it's it's kind of a high risk of a money stream so i Mm -hmm. do agree with Daedalus and in terms of they should make other products per se um like caps to keyboards if they want stuff like that if they want to they're not forced to Mm. um but what's it called but they don't they also don't want to appear as that any other type of studio that does all these things um they just want to create a game at the very end of the day and provide uh the best quality out there. Now I don't know how much money they're making from these cosmetics. Yeah. Um, because there there's a lot that ties into it. Like as Data said again, and use some fear mm-hmm. of missing out. True. It's a powerful tool, man, in marketing. You know. Yeah. One thing I wanted to say to what you were you were talking about there, Faisal, was uh, you know I thought when you said you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, I thought to myself. You know, murder bunnies of the Easter variation probably wouldn't wouldn't want to put all of their eggs in one basket because hopping around and butchering people, you'd probably break them all trying to hold it at the same time. You only got one hand to work with, too, right? But yeah, that's why I dig holes and put it in the ground instantly. (laughs) I need to respect my bodies here. Come on. That was so funny. I'll get oh to ba- I'll get back to them later. It's fine. <laughs> it's like fermentation. <laughs> it's a process. <laughs> oh my god, you're gonna kill me on this freaking show. <laughs> I hope we're getting that clip. Dear Lord, that was joy. Oh man. Hashtag murder bunny. I need to create them at exclamation murder bunny emote. I don't know what it'll say, but I think it'll be something about this. So I'll probably it's, take it's, it verbatim. It's, Sim, it's it's like the Easter Bunny. He hides all the eggs, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I need man. to hide all my buddies too. <laughs> Murder bunnies of the Easter variation clearly do, though, dude. Okay, you know, <clears throat> I I've been a I I understand the the monthly cosmetics, right? I don't. And again, I I piggyback off Faisal what Faisal's saying. Who who knows what they're bringing in? How 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 much that impacts things? I mean, when you got as many accounts that have been created as they do, when you have as many people that are watching it loosely or otherwise, I mean, there might be people. There, look, <clears throat> think of when games launch, right? You got that vocal amount of like that the voices, right, that are there. 
we've talked about it before. We talked about it with toxicity in gaming communities previously, right? There's a similar narrative here. You've got these voices that seem like they're so strong, right? Because they're just the most active and the loudest, right? If you're in a big room and 90% of the people are silent, right? And 10% of the people are talking and you got, you know, one, one person in there shouting, like, of course, you know, anybody listening is going to hear that, right? But when you get everybody in the room talking and that person tries to shout, it, it, we're not paying attention to you. We got too many other people we can listen to. That's kind of what happens when a game launches, right? That's why those people that seem like they're like, even I even like gauge it right now. People go, this is a perfect example in the content creator space, right? People say, you know, you're, you're going to be one of the biggest people whenever Ashes launches. I already know that's not going to be true. Because I understand that right now it's easy to be kind of in the in that space of viewed that way when there's not a ton of people doing it, right? We've been doing it every weekend like clockwork, right? The same thing can be said for anything. And, you know, when you look at like the cosmetics, for example, and you see, you know, how many people are actually buying them, you can't base that on how many people are like actively engaged, that we see regularly there during streams because that four or 5,000 they get not representative of the entire audience. How many of those people check in and talk to their friends, go watch the videos on YouTube, right? Maybe you're only watching. There's tons of people that do not right watch the monthly live streams. They check in every two, three months, four months They check in every six months. They look and see where it's at. There's tons of people that won't be super engaged, but they're waiting. Right. And then when the game launches, boom, there they all are. Right. So you have no idea based on like what the current audience is. That's not an accurate sample of like the people buying it. So unless they were to disclose it, you're not going to know. I think it's probably can it's probably significant enough. Right. And the 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 win, right, is that the things that they're actually doing. The things they're actually doing, we see that contribute to the game. So I go all the way back and say, I get why they do it. It's got to be significant or they probably wouldn't be doing it. Like they're not, they're, they're smart, right? They're smart. Steven knows how to make money, right? He knows how to run a business. Sure. Running a, a game studio company is a different ball game that he's had to learn probably to a, to an extent, but you know, I don't see them doing something with just continued losses over and over and over. Right. So it's got to be significant and I understand doing it now. It, I, I will also say, and I, I I understand it and I support it, right? We've talked about how, um, and this is probably going to be a big discussion that we're going to go into here because I'm going to throw a bunch of things at you guys and we're probably going to chat about it. But if the game was live and they did this monthly cosmetic thing or they did rotating cosmetic things, it's cool when you've got like a visual reference that you can see a 3D render of it before you choose to purchase it. Right now, in regard to those packs, there's two two problems with it, right? And and again, this is just from my perspective as as a guy here in the community, I see two problems with it. One problem I see is, right, is that it's not a la carte to buy them individually unless you already have gotten a pack, right? Which means people can't just go and buy one particular cosmetic they want and not actually buy a pack right now. Like the only way to like, that's a fact. It's the same thing with like the Kickstarter backer stuff. Like you don't have access to get that stuff unless you sort of like 
already got a pack or you got in there, right? You can upgrade your Kickstarter because it's there and you can go buy things a la carte every month in the, uh, the cosmetics that come out every month because you already backed the game. And we had this issue in alpha too. People were going, um, they were like, I can't just go and I can't buy the individual things. And I don't, I don't want to get a pack. I don't want to, I don't want to do alpha one support. I just want to get just that like bird I saw. Right. Or just that outfit. And that. Not nope, not from my understanding, and that's been something I've continued to hear. So there's that issue, and the yeah, true story, man. Uh, and I had somebody confirm it during Alpha, like they couldn't just buy the specific thing. They actually yeah, you have to buy in first. Yeah, like you have to buy a pack first, it's, and it's, then after that, it's mm-hmm. it's all a card. Because yep. in those Alpha phases, I used to believe that until Stephen told me, "Yo, you can just click on that one individual item." Stephen himself told me that, and I was like, "Interesting." Huh? So what? I would probably Where? say at what point? Check the shop, boom. <laughs> I would. I mean. I had people look and they said they couldn't. So the only explanation for that would be if a, they maybe changed it or B it was like that. But the, uh, the awareness, like presence of like being able to like see how to go about doing that maybe wasn't really very clear. Right. So yeah, but that. you were in the alpha though, Faisal, right? Yeah. So because you were in the alpha, right. then you've already bought in. Sure. So you can do it all a card. We're talking about people that right. sight unseen have not bought a pack. Okay. They can't go in and people. In. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. Then. Yeah. That would yeah. be like the you know, I don't know, like perfect example would have been Cheryl in the community, right? She She's one of the mods here. Like, for example, like she wouldn't have been able to go and just buy them a la carte because she was essentially just waiting to get the game. Like she was waiting until the game launched and she was going to jump in and play with us. And was like, cool, no problem. Right. Um, But someone like her wouldn't have been able to actually buy any of those individual things right now. She can because she had gotten gifted uh, funding for uh, Alpha One Access back in Alpha One. That was one of the she was actually one of the people that won. The giveaway that I did last year, which was, you know, hammers up because it was somebody in the community. It was awesome. But but that's like that's that's one issue. Right. Because now, unless I buy a pack, I can't buy this. So maybe I'm not willing to do that. Then I guess I'll just miss out. So that's potentially missed revenue. The other thing is, is people that are going, I'm not really too sure if I would want to spend money on this. You know what I mean? I'm not really too sure if I'd want to buy this. I don't know if the concept art is really giving me enough of a representation about, about this that I would actually want to do it. But maybe if I saw it in like, you know, 3d form, like a render of it spinning, or I can move it and look at it in like a preview, then maybe I would. The other thing C is like looking at freeholds and stuff like that going, well, we know it's going to be for a freehold, you know, for a particular building, but we don't really know exactly which ones that's going to go for yet. So that's, you know, again, I can understand why that maybe isn't something they're talking about now, but it is definitely like a bit of a missed opportunity. So, um, so I think there's like a lot of reasons that people sort of fizzle out related to this. I think those are elements that play a factor. I think also just like it, the fact that it's every month and there's not really anything else that kind of also happens. Like I'm actually, I'm kind of like, I, I do get kind of tired talking about cosmetics every month. It's interesting because yes. you it's like, yes, it, it's interesting because we get to see 
some framework for what the creatures in the world are going to look like now on that level or maybe architecture style and stuff. That's pretty cool. But to talk about cosmetics in themselves, it's like, I mean, it's old by years now. Right. And so they used to do merch and what happened with the merch? Well, there was the rebranding going on, but I also think that was around the time. I think it was right before they were moving studios and the pandemic had hit and they were rebranding. But also that was when we had a big influx of people right after yes. they had shut it down. It seemed kind of planned from my perspective that they would shut it, take merch down before Steven started jumping around to people like Asmogold. Because could you imagine them having to fulfill those? Keep something in mind. I visited the studio. There was a, pi- a massive pile of merch in the corner of that place. They shipped it themselves. You imagine um, having trying to ship all that yourself with the massive surge of people that jumped in after that? Ooh, boy. I mean, don't forget that, that I mean, there's two ways that people could take that. It's either they're just going to be normal consumers and buy the, the things, mm-hmm. or they would look at, huh, why are they selling all these right now? The game even hasn't started. They'll take it the other way route. So... There's two sides to this. <laughs> Always two sides to it. So, you know, there's a lot to look to talk about there, isn't there? So what what are some things maybe in the future that we'd want to see? Now, I've been a pretty big proponent in sharing my my feedback on this point right here. The point is when the game launches, like, okay, this is gonna be a bit of a I don't know where people are gonna land on this. I think it's important that, okay, so we know the cosmetics, for example, right? That they're Mm -hmm. exclusive to the packs. But we also know that components of the things that we have seen or the character models and creature models, et cetera, straight outright will be exist in the game. But the cosmetics serve as a very specific combination is the way I always took it of a visual reference that is static when you apply it. That's the cosmetic you got, right? You've got options on what's a, what's visible, what's not. We don't know to what extent in the like wardrobe or you know uh, shop like transmog shop or whatever they're going to have. We don't know to what extent of customization we're going to have there yet, but we know like that the armor for as just as an example, right? That maybe the shoulders of that might be on one mob and like the legs of that might be on another character in the game and NPC, right? So they're going to mix and match those. So what I'm hoping is that while the cosmetics that have existed have served as like a, you know, very specific representation of that set that people can have and wear, I'm hoping we'll see all of the pieces of that outfit style spread out in the world on different mobs and things so that, you know, you can essentially pick them up somehow and then utilize them to create an outfit style in your wardrobe to where maybe the colors are different, but you can have something that looks the same and potentially like modify it to have something similar. So I, I hope that happens. And the reason I'm saying that is because, uh, I like the majority of things that I'm able to to show off that give me a sense of prestige or uniqueness to come from merit as opposed to money. So 
I'm hoping when the game launches, that's kind of the way it's going to be. Indicators show that that's probably for the most part going to be true, except for maybe specific things like, well, I thought about caravan skins and I thought about freehold cosmetics and stuff. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, no, because man, it could be possible to be a schematic to get something that looks similar as well. And then who knows what kind of customization we're going to have. We might be able through in-game merit to find that specific style, you know, craft it, build it, modify it or whatever, and then have something very similar. So I'm hoping that's kind of the direction we're going because I, I real talk, I'm not a fan of a heavy cash shop, cosmetics shop or otherwise. I just, I think so many games in the industry have burned me out. It's like the road most traveled. Now here's the dilemma though. Ashes of Creation is a sub model only game with a gas shop. I mean, I I think it's okay technically. No, like so I know so I good. know people would get burned out, but uh, um, again, you're able to obtain something that's close and similar in game. So. Yeah. Why the problem? <laughs> I mean, I think at some point they're going to hit a wall in terms of monthly cosmetics. So I think once they go live, maybe it instead of being like a full set of a bunch of things, it maybe is like just one or two things that are maybe rotating. And then the rest is just like stuff that's always there, I think would be good. Um, and I think you made a really good point, Faisal. It's like they got to diversify. They got to have different things they can do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things as well that was something that um, Stephen mentioned that I'm, I'm actually thinking is is relevant here too, is they're looking at Ashes of Creation being a true like universe, world, etc. So Ashes of Creation at some point is not going to be the only product now timeline wise i don't know how that's going to work out mm -hmm. but they're talking about tabletop which they're working on now i mean we've seen yeah. that in the streams um that they like have people that are actually working on the tabletop experience yeah i think at some point steven mentioned and, and correct me if i'm wrong he had mentioned like a single player experience that was in that universe so mm -hmm. there's other things that i think they plan to do it's just a matter of timing. Um, and, and I do agree. I'm not a fan of a heavy cash shop. I mean, I'm I'm confident they won't go the route of doing anything but cosmetics and merchandise. Um, but it, it all really depends on how much revenue the actual like um, subs are, are making them. Right. Because this game is going to live and die by whether or not people are still interested in want to play right. it's as much more so than like something like wow which you know a low player pop isn't really that big of a deal because you've got so many ways to kind of crunch all of that um and still you don't necessarily need other people in that game as much as you know unless you're like in a rating group as much as you would in something like ashes of creation which is very much mm -hmm. pbx and looking to be all about larger content uh but 
but I would, I mean, I would say, honestly, they, they really need to kind of, I don't want to say reveal that, but they need to start kind of giving the community a little more about what they're doing, like with specifics. Cause they have talked about, Oh, Hey, we're working on merch store. We're working on a newer mm. website and we're putting in all these improvements, but these are the kind of things that again, um, if they're still working on logistics, I can understand them saying staying silent. And I would also um, tend to agree is if they're all self-fulfilling all of this, that that would be a horrible waste of resources for them to try to do that. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping whatever partnerships they have, they have some way either to have like a staff on on point, which is I think John and chat mentioned something like that. Or at least working with a logistics company to say, okay, we're doing this merch. They're filling, fulfilling this directly from them. But I think like some other things too, like like I had mentioned, I don't want to beat a dead horse. But if they go with like some other things where there's licensed content somebody else produces, there's so many options. And one of the things that I was thinking of that brought we brought up on LFM was. Wouldn't it be fantastic if they did as we got closer to release or at least during release, they had some opportunity to actually have like character models from the game where you could 3D print or actual like pieces of the lore where you might see like some be able to purchase some deities or something like something that you've seen in other games. I know at one point, like the collector's edition of Old Republic, but I'm sure then collector's edition, frankly, of like a lot of things is they always have like something that's a physical item, right? right? That would be great. I would love to see something like that. Um, and 3d printing again, you don't have to do it yourself for in-house. You can, you know, you can find a reputable source and, and do that too. So there's, there's a lot of options there. It just, again, whether or not they're ready to pull the trigger now or not is, is the question. And I, I think they're not necessarily as focused as a team on that right now, which right. is understandable. But it's something to think about is like, what's that internal roadmap look like? And can we start seeing more of that? Because I think at one point, just even like one or two like plushies that they showed, oh, hey, I just approved these things. And Stephen posted on Twitter. I mean, everybody went nuts over that. Um, and that's just that's the kind of excitement and, and revenue stream that they're potentially missing out on. Um, but you know, you you have to balance that with logistics too and the right use of resources. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we talked about that last week too, man, the the idea because back when World of Warcraft, it was that period. It was like I think it was like before Kata around then. Right. It, and it was a period that was brief, too, because they made changes to their armory, which was something you could access on your phone app or you could go to their website and you could look at and you mm-hmm. could then choose like stances or action like sort of poses that your character could be in. You could put the different gear sets on it. You wanted to have them decked out him or her decked out just the way you wanted him to look right. This is my prime uh, version of my character. And you could literally then go and look, Daedalus said, um, basically fulfill an order to where you could get a replica of your character in that stance, in that gear sent to you. And you'd have it there, sort of like your own collectible of your character. Um, and that that is like such an awesome 
you know, I don't know logistically how, how easy it would be for another company to do that. But that was like probably one of the coolest community to uh, merchandise bridges that they ever created, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I mean, oh my God, coming up to launch, could you imagine there being like a limited edition like Phoenix statue of the goddess of creation, the avatar for the shit? Well, that's a shut up oh. and take my money type of merch, man. <laughs> yes, but... Right. You need to wait until the game comes out. Yeah. That's the problem with these ideas. It They're is. great and all. Tell the <laughs> but game's we need the solution now. <laughs> yeah. So what yeah, but, but that's potentially, it. Potentially though, potentially I think Alpha 2 is an opportunity to have some of this. If again, mm. if logistics work out, they don't have to do it in-house and they have like a way to fulfill those orders in a productive way because the last thing you want to do is have a, a bunch of really cool stuff that nobody can get their hands on because it's taken six weeks for them to ship things right um because they're trying to do it all but i would definitely think an opportunity is once alpha 2 launches that they have some other things other than cosmetics there because that, in addition to the packs, right. if they've got it set up properly, is just going to give them additional financial security in terms of just what they can invest in. And again, I, I don't want this to turn into like Star Citizen levels of like merch right. and in-game stuff, but oh, I, oh. I, I think, I, I think from a vision standpoint, they've stayed pretty true to what they want to do, and they're not like getting wowed by every technology that comes in they're making good choices right. i mean unreal 5 was a big technical decision and it was a good choice uh and they're not going in and saying like everything okay well, we need facial recognition and we need voice commands and like all this stuff that i just see happening in these you know other games that have like been 10 years in the making right um it just it's important that they make good choices here, but I still think it's an opportunity um, to create a revenue stream that isn't based on pay to win, right? Which is, we know it's a direction they don't want to go. Um, and this will help kind of solidify that and give them the right level of cash flow. I, and I would expect this whole rotating cosmetics thing, if it wasn't making money, they wouldn't still be doing it. They wouldn't I be agree. investing time in doing it. So is, it's obviously making them some sort of money that they think it's okay. The cost benefit is, is something that's good. Like, go ahead, Faisal. Sorry. Yeah. And no, that's fine. Um, what's it called? And this is how I would see it. Make the cosmetics instead of every month, make it two months and have actual details of what they are doing. And people would have content or, they would spin their heads on what the things mm -hmm. that are happening. More details Just of like studio development as opposed to that, you mean? Yeah, like Got not it. talk about it in the forums. Like, oh, what do you guys think of this? Okay, what did you guys do with our ideas that we posted? That's that's for your question. <laughs> like, Right. Yeah, uh, like how are they using like, that info? Yeah, a follow-up to that, a nice short video behind the scenes, something like that. So we are still in the loop, but not necessarily like know all the technical details, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, and yeah, 
I think I think it's just it's just the share, how content is being shared, I guess, for uh, mm. for them to speak to the community, really. Um, yeah <laughs> yeah i i definitely agree with like especially with like merch right now like for example like t-shirts like i don't like i had the shirts i had i've like quite frankly i've lost weight i've like been working out a lot exercising getting in shape that shirt i used to wear uh that thing is like a cape or whatever on me i can't wear that shit anymore right so uh you know my hoodies uh, Look, to be fair, my old the old merch that they sent me is like the old vintage stuff. And yes, you can call it vintage because that's what vintage means. Um, it's it's considered vintage at this point. Right. And I have given some of those things away. But, you know, it'd be cool to like be able to rock like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm still rocking the Ashes Pathfinder shirt. But to get that uh, get that Pathfinder up on the cliff uh, soon. So at least that's going on but it'd be cool every now and it's like rotate it rotate it out and have like a asha shirt so you can't do that without there being merch you know that's just the reality but there was one thing that you you both talked about and i wanted to actually make sure i re reiterated on that right basil and daedalus you both said something important and that's following up and i want to piggyback off that and like really reinforce and emphasize on that because i can't agree with you enough i think that is probably at this point with where they're at, I would actually say that's my my primary criticism of them as a studio is I don't think they do as good of a job in following up on the things they talk about as they could be doing. Right. Perfect yeah. example is Faisal mentioned you took our feedback in the forums. OK, so how are you actually utilizing that? Because once you you pose that question and you got that engagement, we're not really seeing a whole lot for the most part, not that it doesn't, that this is always the case. Sometimes it does happen, but for the most part, there's not a lot of follow-up on that. Another perfect example was, um, you know, talking about like, well, we're working on this right now. Like they showed off the merch, right? They, they yeah. were like, here's some images of the merch and stuff that little plushies and all that. But then there's like no follow-up on that either. Um, another but good, add, yeah. Go add one point, one more point. I don't want analytical data. Like, I True. don't really care what the general Get consensus you. is. I would like to know what decision you have taken <laughs> right. to that data. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> like, what, what, where did that lead you down the path to make a, you know, like a different decision or something? Or, or this is the path you're on now as a result. Exactly. Got it. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the, 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 remember at the end of last year, they were like, we're going to be doing this in the beginning of the year and the big we're going to be doing this as articles right and we've even brought this up they've actually did the events article recently but that's the first one we got and it was like it's already like in what was it was it technically may it was early this month right so it was or yeah. at the end of april right into april but it was mm -hmm. we we've been so we're talking about a month you're talking almost the middle of the year that's not the early part of the year so the follow-up yeah. on that i think you know that sort of like we're we're tentatively telling you this is the case, like following up on that and explaining if it's going to be longer or if you do follow up, you know, if you are planning on doing that, then like follow through with it, that follow through on that sort of stuff. So then I completely understand why it is that they're not talking about when Alpha 2 is going to be coming out. Right. Because they've kind of learned their lessons with with even talking about that. I still think they could work on bridging that gap because I think you can talk about the goalpost update on the goalpost not give any dates it still shows progress and it's measurable loosely but it's not date specific 
And I, I think that's like the main thing I still think could be remedied at this point. Yeah, and just kind of jumping off of that, I think we, we might have talked about this on last week's show. It might have been LFM offline. I, I don't recall. Mm. But this whole big milestone that they achieved, right? It's like, hey, we achieved this big milestone. And we're like, okay, what is it? And then you didn't really hear anything. But it's really good, guys. And and again, right, I love the excitement. I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> but I need a little bit more. It's like I did something really cool, but I'm not going to we're not going to really tell you because maybe it's going to, I don't know, spoil something. I, I don't know. But still, that was as someone and as part of this larger community that's really excited about when things come up. Like, I mean, I don't know, like I was on cloud nine, still am about the whole character creator. And that was like weeks ago. And every time I see like a it come up on my YouTube feed, I'm like, oh, man, that was so awesome. I love that. I need more of that because that will keep me sustained, right? And and I I think Nero said something earlier earlier on. It might have been in the chat. He's like, "Yeah, I wish I could break myself away just for a few months and not like constantly be hungry for updates because it it does tend to get frustrating. I mean, when you get a nugget, you're like, oh, hey, this is awesome, but it's this whole like tease approach that mm. is." is good when you can actually back it up with something like they did with the character creator. Granted, I mean, it was still a little bit delayed, but it was worth the wait. They need to do more of that and give us a freaking creative director's letter. Right. Oh, I know that Steven yeah. is busy. Um, definitely, you know, understand that. But if you're going to commit to content, yeah, commit to content, follow through with that content. Cause that's mm. like a huge one for me. I mean, we haven't seen a creative director's letter until like April last year, mid last year. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even mid last year that they had a creative director's letter. And that could have been also a great opportunity. Hey, we hit this major milestone. This is what it is. Let me spend like, you know, five yep. minutes and give a few sentences on it. Right. Mm -hmm. And give you an idea of what we're doing or at least think through and. And manage your information so you're like. This is what we can reveal now. This is what we can't yet because it's going to spoil something else and it's going to give too much info to our competitors, right? I, I get that balance. Oh, yeah. But start sure. pulling out nuggets that you can share um, that is more about showing than telling. And that telling, even if it's telling, don't tell me, hey, we did something really cool, but I'm not going to really tell you. Because that was when we were in the dark period. Yeah. That was, I think, our biggest gripe it was. about that is is like, hey, we love these guys, but damn, quit doing that to me. It's like you're messing with my emotions. I'm already invested in this thing. Like saying that again. Never. Yeah, exactly. We do love you guys, but we're just saying be consistent <laughs> right. on this stuff. Yeah. Messing with my ashes is like messing with my emotions. Okay, just I'm just I'm just telling you right now. But um, but yeah, it, that that's I think my my biggest gripe right now. It's not that what they actually show us isn't quality. It's always been quality. Like even in the Alpha Zero experience, I'm like, holy crap, this is an Alpha Zero. I've been in Alpha Zeros before. It didn't even look close to this in terms of like performance, in terms of you know visual appeal etc and you know in terms of stability even alpha one again it was it was like a very self-contained experience but it was still 
more than I see in some live games, honestly, like, you know, that, that we've seen, we talked about that. Um, so totally the alpha one, mm. alpha zero. <laughs> I don't know. I personally, like I've been in other alpha zeros and it's like a, a hot mess. And this was not for me, at least it wasn't a hot mess. It was, it was stable. There was, I mean, it was basic. I mean, that's what it was supposed to be. It was basic. And it gave them enough data to realize, Oh, hey, we got to do something different. Let's scrap and start over and get the back end really good. So, uh, for yeah. sure. Maybe I had the lousy connection back then. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's not going to say that it wasn't, it wasn't bug free, right? It wasn't alpha zero. But in terms of like quality, I mean, I know they can achieve quality. That's not a, a question for me. I'm not ever yeah, like same. fearful that they're not going to achieve quality. I think. The, the thing that keeps coming up is consistency and follow through, right? If you're going to, and it's, it's the same concept that they have adopted with the dates, which again, I respect. We're not going to share data unless we know we can hit it or pretty close to the mark, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I'm okay with that. They need to kind of do the same thing with like content that they're planning. Hey guys, we're going to do articles. Hey guys, we're going to do a creative director's letter. Right. Mm-hmm. And again, understand things come up in development that are unexpected, but pick some things that you know you're going to hit every month. And it's like, that's the priority in terms of your communications team. Right. And, and maybe that's why they're hiring an executive assistant. I just happen to see to say that. that. Too. Yeah. yeah. They, I just happen to see that on Twitter as I was kind of, you know, checking things out and seeing if there was any nuggets there. And, and that's good because maybe that will help, right? Just like a, the community team and the marketing team really helped improve a lot of things. I mean, you know, Maggie and the community team have done done great work. There's just Absolutely. still these like little things that would just help that take it to the next level. Yeah, it'd be good to tune it up mm-hmm. a bit. And 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 I do want to like you know credit where it's due. Like I do think they've been listening because the events article I think is a pretty clear example of that. I, I don't. You know, I, I think that enough people have been talking about that. It was kind of like, OK, we probably need to to listen. I don't want to assume anything, but either way, it, it is an article. You know, we're not continuing. We weren't continuing through with another month and not seeing some of the stuff they had talked about last, you know, at the end of last year. So, you know, they, they do. They are doing a stellar job overall. This is just like these are some things that can be from a community perspective, I think, could be sort of like, you know, tweaked and tuned up a bit so that that gap's not so great. Um, cause you know, again, we're, we're here advocating a lot of not only our own thoughts, but this is stuff that I've a hundred percent, I've seen all of these same, you know, perspectives in my chat at, at one point or another in the past, like 30 days or so. So, um, but that's our discussion related to monetization. I know we went on a, a bit for, or on a while there about this, but I, I, I do think it was important because I noticed we'd have been having chats around this loosely and, and it, it seemed like it was important to really sort of bring this to the, to the forefront on the show. And we had this week before uh, the upcoming live stream to actually do that. So they did post um, something in the forums uh, in the ashes of creation forums related to enchanting. And so I'm going to actually, let me go in ahead and one moment here and link you all the forum post if you haven't checked it out. 
Also in our Discord, discord.gg forward slash some org, if you're not already in there, there is a, a post in Ashes Pathfinders with a link to Ashes HQ forums, where we're going to be outlining something a community member brought up there this week, too. So that'll be our next uh, talking point after this. But in the forums, talking about enchanting, we had a really cool visual reference that was created as part of that showcase, which I've noticed they've done this a past couple couple months. Um, I'm not too sure if that's uh, who it is that's creating that, if it's like the community manager or if it's um, just something the team's putting together. But I think that's been really nice seeing like that, like cool little visual reference uh, for the things they post on like their Twitters or they post in the Discord or on the forums, across all the social media. But when you go and you look at this article, um, I'm going to... You know, if I can actually do what I've been doing already, talking about chanting, they call Let's Talk Enchanting, right? So they link the wiki, which you can check out, right? But I'm going to read this specific point here. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just this part, the bullet points, right? What aspects of the enchanting system are important to you? Okay. Are there enchanting systems in other games that you feel are done well? If so, what makes those enchanting uh, systems good in those games? And is there anything in particular you're excited or concerned about regarding the enchanting system? Okay, so those are the questions. Now, for those of you that are like, well, what exactly is the, what's, what's the cutout for the enchanting system for Ashes? In a nutshell, enchanting in Ashes of Creation allows for the vertical and horizontal progression of items. Vertical progression is an increase in power, like more damage or increased mitigation, for example. Horizontal progression is your situational advantage, for instance, doing force damage instead of holy damage because the monks you're fighting uh, are weaker to that one over the other. Enchanting is one of these services that a player can provide at a player stall. And one final thing to note is that enchanting weapons may apply visual effects such as unique glows or different colors. So let's start with what aspects of the enchanting system are important to you, gentlemen? Uh, minimal RNG. You knew that was coming. I did. <laughs> if you're if you're spending the time in investing, and I I see uh, you know in chat as well, um, Stephen posted something yesterday in got regarding enchanting and mechanisms for achieving the safer enchantment routes would be mainly through very rare material acquisition and boss kill. So that's good, right? It's mm -hmm. material-based. I mean, rarity is a component, and that's actually something I talked about in my, like, you know, article about mm -hmm. crafting, um, is that let's take RNG out of it. Let's make it more about, like, acquiring different items or rare materials or what have you, and, and that's the way you make those more powerful or meaning... I wouldn't say meaningful, because I don't... Uh, but those more rare and like powerful enchants, mm -hmm. like more scarce, right? Right. Is do it based on materials, not RNG. What about you, Faisal? What are your thoughts on enchanting in regard to that question? I mean, I'm not the biggest enchanter in MMOs, I'm not gonna lie. But I mean, I'll still say, I guess, my opinion on this. Um, I do like the fact that it's all mm. oh, it's based on materials. Um, like the only thing I could um, relate to that is basically Elder Scrolls Online when it comes to blacksmithing. 
as well. Like it's also related to materials in a sense. Mm. Um, however, I don't know. Should there be a little RNG for the risks that you're taking to make a higher quality item? Question mark. Or shouldn't there be? I. Okay, so there's like two points to enchanting, and I think over enchantment something. And I, I think I'm going to read what uh, was posted in chat there. Something that Steven quoted yesterday personally, I'm fine with RNG and enchantment, so long as there are special ways to mitigate the RNG with investment, put a pin on that, to a degree. For example, difficult okay. to obtain enchantment scrolls that ensure enchantment efforts and including a buffer on safe enchantment in uh, earlier pluses. Okay, so back to my point, right? RNG, he talked about like being able to minimize the risk, I think is important. So there's two things, like... If the materials are really difficult to acquire, you really, I don't think, want there to be a, a really punishing aspect to enchanting. I, th I think if you can achieve a near-perfect enchantment based on the precision of com combining different materials correctly, then I think, you know, especially if those materials are, are potentially really difficult to get. Like the acquisition is not easy, the cost is expensive, but by acquiring those specific, you know, resources and combining them just right, you can eliminate, a, you know, for the most part, a really, you know, concern to like RNG. The thing is, is that requires skill, right? So the the, the to me that's important because then the merit for eliminating that high, like the potential for RNG that could really break or over, you know, could damage whatever it is um, or come at a significant cost is reduced, but it's reduced as a result of knowledge that you have gained as a player. Like I've paid attention. I've, I've, you know, learned enchanting well enough. I've, you know, done my due diligence to educate myself on what I need to do. I've done the math. I've got the things and I can reduce the RNG as a result of, my merit of spending the time and acquiring that knowledge to me that's cool like if that's the case right versus i go and i try to enchant this and i don't pay any attention to like what best practices are and then i completely bomb it like in that situation rng like makes sense to me to have it in the game but to put a side note to what you're saying sim mm. when you're dealing with high quality items you're usually your skill and level is up there you're should not going be, yeah. in there blind. Sure. Um, but then it comes down to that RNG me mechanism that's in the game, like question mark. How exactly? And, uh, like, the thing is, how rare are these items going to be? Because people usually say rare, but they're abundant. <laughs> I'm yeah. just trying to correlate it to other sure. stuff that they usually do. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good point, too, because, like, you know, what's the RNG, what's the drop table look like uh, on this particular item from a boss or out in the world or off a mob or, or whatever? Like, how rare is it? And, like, how taxing is it overall? Because, like, while I can understand there being a requirement... I mean, mm -hmm. being a master artisan should mean something. I totally agree with that. Um, 
Yes. And and the thing is with mixing and yeah. matching material, I'm not going to be that dude who's trying to be negative. <laughs> I'm just trying to basically uh, point it out there. Usually people follow guides for those things. Sure. It might be really well and really exciting at the very beginning. But after, let's say, give it a week, you'll find guides that give you the, what's it called? The best outcomes of everything. Yeah, that'll happen. For artisanship like, that, specifically, that's, that's that will my definitely only happen. Fear. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mm. I think a lot of great feedback in chat. Threether uh, um, mm. mentioned something about RNG that I think is really relevant because you, when you start stacking RNG components to crafting in general, I'm not just talking about enchanting. Right. It definitely, like for me, it's like it's it kills crafting for me when I have now I have to like make sure I have this rare material that has a very low drop. Then I need to find this rare recipe that has a really low drop rate. Again, I'm not saying you shouldn't have those things, but you have to kind of balance that. If you do have like those first two components where materials are part of it, finding a recipe is part of it, then don't mm -hmm. make like skill gain or skill like progression RNG. Don't right. make like the chance of you know destroying materials or destroying an item as rng right if you're doing something that's really like crazy yes i agree with risk versus reward i'm not saying don't have that but if you're doing something that's basic or intermediate and you have a high level of skill then let that investment be worth something um I actually talked about this. I just, I feel like this is like speaking to this article on crafting that, that I like um, did, it's bringing back all that for me. It's like, don't make the whole process frustrating for a crafter. If somebody's really wanting to spend time, no life in crafting and putting all this effort in reward them for that time spent. Don't make it irrelevant. Don't, um, you know, don't, make it so everybody can do the same thing at the same time but also don't make it irrelevant don't make it um be a point at which like somebody's going to go to you and something gets like horribly destroyed right there's there may be a risk for that but you have to at least you know educate yourself and kind of have that but have it again be something that's within the player's control and player agency and crafting is super important that's how people build reputations as crafters on servers where you know crafting is relevant i just feel like rng is just this 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 trigger that i keep seeing in crafting um that i just don't want to see and and i'm interested to see what steven means by rng to a point right same because because there are there are levers I think you can pull. And yes, rare materials is one, recipes is another. But the actual like process, once you've done all these other things and you've invested in getting rare materials, you've invested in, you know, building up your, you know, mastery and enchanting to a point, then you're you're going to mitigate those things. But mm -hmm. it's it's still like something that I feel like you're you're going to end up um you're going to end up frustrating true crafters that have invested in their craft i'm not saying like everybody that's a novice can do all these like super amazing things which is you know entirely possible like at a certain level of you know you know once you've completed a certain level of gating and like games like that blizzard game right but you're still um 
you know, there, there's still a way to excite people. There's a way to make things like rare and sought after as a goal for a crafter, as a goal for a player to say, hey, I want this really super rare enchantment. Like, let, let's make that journey meaningful as much as like the end, the end goal of like getting to that master level is if you just fraught with RNG after RNG after RNG, mm. it just it becomes very taxing. Um, and I don't think that's a good way to foster rarity or um, foster like that that whole mentality Stephen was talking about is you want to look for the best crafter in this particular specialization, right? Because that's another way I think they can make things meaningful is if you really spend the time and specialize in a certain type of enchantment, that should mean something uh, too. And it shouldn't be, again, based on RNG, it should be based on time invested. And the fact that you're only allocating points like in a certain like limited way that mm -hmm. minimizes this whole everybody can do everybody uh everything mentality that we've seen in other games like wow like eso and so on i definitely can agree with that quite a bit so okay follow-up question what other enchanting systems in other games do you think are good or have been done really well No, it's tough because I'm. I look at enchanting games. Nothing comes to mind because I mean I've had limited exposure, right? Mm -hmm. I've I've mostly been like you know a WoW player. I've played some other games, mm -hmm. right? But I just like I'm not. Nothing really stands out. That's my most of my experiences with WoW, and I never mm -hmm. really liked that. But that's like a more of a commentary on crafting in general. It's, um, you know, everybody can do everything. You know, it's it's kind of like a it's a first to market for the like the newer stuff i would say like sorry the lower level new newer stuff and then it becomes just saturated because everybody can do everything so from an economic standpoint it it rarely ever makes money unless you're first to market or you're no lifing it spending like hours farming mats in some cases frankly the mats sell for more than the actual enchantment and there's no um they did it at some level i think with this legendary crafting where mm. like certain people you know specialized a bit and you said okay well have you like ground your way up to this tier of like legendary base item okay yeah there was some of that interaction but it was still pretty um i would say it was still like pretty basic in my opinion yeah i've i've been exposed to a lot it's just that I disliked them all. <laughs> Nobody was actually good for me to actually look at it properly. <laughs> mm. That and and uh, Alchemy is basically blacksmithing for nerds. I'm not going to lie. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, but yeah, usually it's, I don't know. It just didn't doesn't feel right. Doesn't intrigue me enough to actually play alchemist, like be an alchemist. <laughs> Man, alchemy is one of the the artisan uh, classes. I'm really hoping excels in ashes. But I agree with what uh, TL said in chat. She was saying, I think it's just going to be a really like ancillary sort of thing. 
I will say, like, for example, like in, in Elder Scrolls Online, that the enchants are just, I mean, they're as rudimentary as it gets, really, right? There's nothing super exciting about that for the most part. I feel like that's pretty much how most games enchanting is. World of Warcraft had a period where enchanting kind of looked inspiring. Like it looked like maybe it was going to go for something cool. The thing that, you know, enchanting that was really cool, though, about World of Warcraft's enchanting that I think did actually serve pretty well in regard to making money, which is be sort of like a bit of a counterpoint or like, you know, something additional to think about TLF in chat is that there was like it was there was a period like I'm not going to say cataclysm so much because in cataclysm you still saw this happen, but it wasn't as impactful. It felt a lot more generic in in World of Warcraft up to like Wrath of the Lich King, like the uniqueness to they they they, they were at a, a place where they could have really started to evolve enchanting. And it was cool because as an enchanter, I could go and I could create an enchant scroll and I could sell that. And that actually performed pretty good for me uh, in Wrath of the Lich King. I actually made a pretty good mon- uh, chunk of money because what I did was my Death Knight, who was my alt, my main alt, right? Or my second main, as I called it at the time. Like, he would go and he would run around. Not an altaholic like you, Daedalus. Don't you look at me like that. Um, what was that, Dark Overlord? <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> How long? I wonder how long it's going to... No one's saying Ninja Looter anymore. It's going Dark Overlord. We're taking this to a whole different direction. Ninja Looter is still there. It's just on the back burner right now. Right now, now, yeah. Um, But my my Death Knight could... He could go run around and he would mine. Now, that supported my main extremely well because he was a jewel crafter and a blacksmith. The resources for both of those come like almost entirely from mining. Right. So he would mine it, give it to my main. And then enchanting was entirely self-sustaining. You would break gear down by disenchanting it. You would take those materials or the materials you broke down from gear and things that you've gotten to loot off of creatures. You break it down, you get your raw materials and you'd enchant with it. So literally go kill stuff, loot stuff, break it down. Eventually, depending on the higher level uh, enemies and the gear drops, you could get the higher, the, the more rare materials and you get the more common stuff from running around, kill normal stuff in the world or mobs and dungeons or whatever. The basic bitches, basically. You kill those, you get the basic stuff. You go kill the hardcore shit, you get the really hardcore stuff. And you could go and create, like, the higher-level enchants and sell those and get some pretty good money. And that actually maintained pretty well through the entire expansion for me. Like, I made some good money off of those enchanted scrolls I'd sell. So there was a lot of agency in there for me. But, and the other thing was, that was really cool because they had really cool, interesting visual effects. I actually liked them up to wrath. They started to get a little more blingy into cataclysm. And then the enchanting sort of started to feel just like a little, like it just felt more bulk stat heavy, just thrown onto something as opposed to supplemental with an interesting effect. Like there was interesting effects. Like you could actually sort of self heal a little bit off of one. Um, prior to that, you could do a little bit of increased damage here, uh, increased sort of like healing effects here. You get into cat it was just like now you've got like this cool like earth is sort of like falling off of my weapon. I'm going that doesn't make as much sense as like an aura effect would do. But okay, 
Um, and you sort of had that stuff, but then it, yes, the, the crusader enchant. Thank you, Magisto. That's the one I was thinking about. You could make so much money on that damn enchant and it looked amazing. So it was good up to a point, And then it just sort of like plateaus and starts to diminish to where, like TL had said, it gets to a point where sort of everybody can kind of do everything. And I think the Elder Scrolls Online is a great example of that. Everybody yes. can do everything. Oof. Right. <laughs> And World of Warcraft, uh, it, it kind of isn't really meaningful to do uh, crafting up until we'll see what they do now. But it's like, I, I, honestly, it wouldn't really matter a whole lot. You, you get the enchants, but they're kind of like, you know, it feels very cookie cutter. Everything about the profession system feels cookie cutter. Everything about the skills that felt cookie cutter. That was kind of wow at the time, though. Cookie cutter. I mean, it, it's all it's always been that way with crafting. I mean, it, at no point, unless it was like, you know, basic like leveling gear when you had no other options was mm -hmm. crafting relevant. And and yeah. wow. Right. Yeah. At, at a certain point. I mean, it was probably Small. relevant very much so at the start. And yeah. then it quickly like, you know, exponentially just wasn't. Um, and, and, and I think that is important, um, like to make sure we also have with uh, we we also don't follow down that path as well with with ashes because it's it's important that crafting is always remains relevant mm -hmm. um in my opinion and that includes enchanting and and one thing you talked about like cosmetic effects one thing that i hope doesn't happen is and i'm i would say i'm concerned about a little is i don't want like super obnoxious super flashy looking in chance yeah I, knew you're going I mean there. At, at one point i think during apoc they had some sort of <laughs> like it was stuff. like literally <laughs> was like is this star wars or is this like a fantasy game right, right. i mean i I want there to be like enough where you know something's enchanted, but it's not like smacking you in the face with a lightsaber. I mean, I, I just and, and it has to make sense, too. I mean, I really did enjoy like the different types of visual effects that WoW had for the most part, because um, like even especially when they like put it into like you can apply a certain effect of an enchant to a weapon as like a cosmetic thing. That was cool, too. I don't know if they're going to follow that route with with ashes or not, but but definitely like keep the cosmetic, you know, day glow thing. Keep it to, I would say, a relative minimum. I'm not going to say like non-existent, mm. but I do not want it to be like, you know, I got to put some shades on or, you know, my UV, like some sort of UV thing just to be able to see people on the screen. Um, it is it it doesn't work well at a certain point. I mean, it's cool for a minute and then you're like, man, my eyes are starting to bleed. Uh, Quick so, question. Yeah. Do you guys mm -hmm. think uh, durability should be on enchantments as well? I mean, we definitely see that in like the Elder Scrolls Online. In World of Warcraft, that's definitely not a thing. No. Um, uh, well, yeah. See, in, in, in the Elder Scrolls Online, it kind of makes sense because that's been a part of their gameplay for ages with 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 the soul stones or soul, soul gems that you get that you can acquire. Like mm -hmm. use that to sort of like that's a, a very uh, in, like it's a very meaningful component in what in their gameplay for their system. It's also kind of like 
you know, it's kind of part of the Elder Scrolls things. It's like you use your soul gems for stuff. Um, so it makes sense in there. I generally don't really care too much for that because especially it also, I think, depends on, okay, if if you're providing enchants for people and then they've got to maintain those, I think if it was something like you yourself consistently had the agency in order to like ensure it was there, that it would make sense to have it rechargeable. But in, in a setting where you have an enchanter who's got to give you the enchant. I don't know that I would want that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it just it just goes back to the whole double, triple, quadruple um, dipping point that uh, Theater um, had had mentioned. I kind of mm-hmm. see the same thing with enchanting. I mean, maybe like with legendaries, that can be okay, right? At some point, the enchant has a certain number of charges that right. decay over time, and then it becomes depowered and but like regular gear, it's, you just have to think through like how difficult do you want to make the experience? And and it's yeah. a fine balance between difficult and taxing, yeah. right? Because I don't want Ashes of Creation to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not talking about like wow levels of accessibility, mm-hmm. right? But I still think there's a balance, right? Because if you're going to have like rare materials and you're going to have like people having to invest a large amount of time and to be like true masters of their craft. And then you, and that the, also you're going to have like a maintenance on your gear, which would be repairs that may or may not need raw materials, like similar to what I've seen in V rising is like in order to repair something. It's not just like a, a currency sink. There's actual like materials you need to gather in order to do that. Um, so you, you start layering all these together then it just becomes like a constant maintenance thing. And it, to me, and then it turns it into almost a job as much as, as it we've talked about it being a job in like other scenarios, right? that I have to log on to do something. I don't want to yeah. like log into the game and say, oh man, my gear's about broke. I need to go and farm materials in order to do that. And it's like, it's just a lot of what I would say is non-value added activity, right? If there's value to it, then I could see that. Mm. I mean, you've already uh, went through this point, which technically you don't need to be the enchanter to do this. Mm, yeah. So you can get let any other person do this for you. Yeah. Technically, I think it's going to come yeah, down to cost. But you're still analysis. you're still having a gameplay loop that's mm. repetitive and tedious, right? I guess. Which, yeah. In my opinion, it's like you yeah. have enough. Ma- you have to—I don't want to say limit, but you have to balance the mm. maintenance you have to do on your character. Because right. I don't want to spend like seventy-five percent of my effort on maintenance and twenty-five percent playing the game and enjoying myself. Okay, I got you. Yeah, it's—it's—it's so it, it's, it's a sliding if, scale, right? If there was a durability enchantment, durability in the game. You would want the values of that enchantment decreasing to be very low, where it happens in a like let's say, uh, like you've been playing for seven days, it decreased like what five percent or something like that. Would you be cool with that? I assume. Again, I, I'd have to see it in gameplay and, and yeah. like in testing, but mm-hmm. I would yeah. say I would limit the decay to something that's super powerful, right? Because that's like your that's your throttle on someone being OP 
all the time, right? They're not going to be necessarily OP all the time. They might have like a window where they're, they have like some sort of advantage, right? Um, but I still want it to be skills-based and I still don't want like to keep stacking maintenance activity on my character because then it becomes a job as opposed to something fun that I'm doing. I mean, I would be okay with maybe like 10 to 25% of my time potentially like being maintaining that could be like gathering materials to repair my gear, you know, mm-hmm. and other things, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want it to be like a primary, I wouldn't want to keep stacking things that I need to do yeah. just to maintain a baseline. Cause that's that what happened. Sense. That's what happened in world of Warcraft in a way with the, uh, with the, um, our artifact weapons, some of those types of things that they had created in there i mean i could see it too like you had said i could see it probably being maybe more relevant with like a legendary um but then i also think to myself like you know someone they're so unique per server that like your your community you're a part of probably for the most part is going to be also helping to upkeep that thing you know yeah. so you could have someone in your guild that could be helping you to sort of maintain that so and, and it's going to be important for the group because probably going to be important for rating or things like that to have um have that going on so i think in that 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 way i could see it but i, I probably would agree with the percentages i i generally wouldn't want that to be too much i, I think i would probably say I'm, i'd be i think i'd be acceptable with any form of maintenance if it if it only takes up and, and keeping in mind maintenance could be gathering materials all the different things upkeep of gear 15 to 20 percent of my time probably somewhere in there um because i think if you go beyond that it it feels too much like a chore overall because i'm not in in the world engaging in the content as opposed to maintenance of my character or whatever that that part for me has to be it, it can be you know significant but it needs to be it needs to be a very low percentage even yeah, ten percent maybe. Ten percent is still pretty significant amount of time, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's not so much of your time if you're playing like ten hours a week. It's a greater chunk of your time if you're playing a hundred hours a week, right? And it would that yeah. to me cost benefit analysis. Well, that's meaningful because that makes sense, doesn't it? I'm playing a lot, so ten percent could be a significant more amount of time, but in the greater, you know, whole, it's not super, super bad or taxing. Um, that leads to my second question. Do you guys sure. want to enchant an item to once, or would you like that enchantment to change when you want to change it? Like, let's say you have a weapon that's, uh, um, that has flame element onto it. You want to change that to electricity. Do you, do you think that, First enchantment should be permanent or you're able to change it as you want. So it's like, so if you enchant something and it locks that, that weapon to being permanently enchanted with that, unless you get a new weapon. Got it. I thought that's where you're going. Okay. Or being able to swap. I think swapping enchants is important. Um, I also think it's potential. I think it's really good for enchanters in, in their artisanship um, as a result of that, because mm-hmm. then then they're required more by the player who might be having a higher turnover for swapping gear out. Um, cost benefit yeah. analysis would play in really well to that, too, in regard to being mindful of how how uh, quickly you're sort of like cycling in and out of gear. That's 
that to me does, is this something that should come with a significant cost? Um, I think that's been pretty paramount in most games. Like if you're, if you're, if you're have a high turnover rate of the gear that you're wearing, especially like in game max level, like if I keep on going through different sets and trying different things, I do think it's important that comes, it it does cost a bit. Um, you know, but but that's that's my perspective, right? It, if you're going to have multiple sets of gear for multiple things because you're engaged in those different layers of the game's content, um, then it should have a significant cost to, like, equip yourself to do that. More importantly, if you then are choosing to go, OK, well, I had this great set. It worked really well. But instead of iterating upon that, I just want to get rid of it and get something brand new. Yeah, I think that should come with a cost because, you know, uh especially with limitation on resources and, and, and things of that nature. The, the positive is that for the most part, you'll probably be able to like potentially sell that to somebody. So there's like that, right. You know, high, high chance of being able to like get rid of it and make a little bit of money off of it too. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I agree I, with you guys mostly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm probably, I'm not sure. I would yeah. like to see it in practice, but I True. guess there's a few things that I would say I don't want to have to do. And I don't want to have to hold on to multiple iterations of the same or similar piece of gear to swap out an enchantment. So your point mm. around like being able to change it really important to me. And I would like, and I, I believe it was Threader um, uh, who had mentioned it but it would be cool to have like enchantment slots and depending on, I guess, similar to kind of how gems work in, in WoW, but for enchantments uh, to be able to like swap it out that way. I'm not sure. Again, it depends on how involved the system is. I'm not sure if I'm OK with like replacing an enchant and destroying it and then having to go get it again if you need to switch it back. I kind of like the idea depends, of having yeah. it be more modular. Um, but again, I have to see it in testing because it may be too OP to be able to do that, that you can True. constantly shift, right? Mm-hmm. And that may be where aug- augments come into play, right? When you're collecting augments, you might want to do more holy damage because you're going against undead versus something else. So that, yeah. But I, I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to enchanting working similar to augments, but in potentially like um, in a different flavor. Right? As opposed to changing the nature of a skill or, you know, adding some sort of component, it's vertical or horizontal progression where you have like enchantment slots that you can maybe swap out enchanting runes or something like that or or different. This is maybe more stepping into alchemy, but like different o- weapon oils, et cetera. I mean, that was something that I actually tended to really like about the wow crafting in the latest expansion and i think there was it's probably been there for a bit but oh i can enchant my weapon with a certain oil it gives me some sort of bonus right i think that's really cool too to kind of but that was kind of blending the alchemy component with enchanting so there's there's got to be like i would say different options and i like the fact that um it's almost like respecting your enchants i think would be a good thing to do because it gives players options to theory craft and creatively do different things. So being able to swap out that is important and not having to carry like multiple pieces of gear and, and also, you know, you know, giving you options and depending on what encounters you're going into. So you can be prepared 
right? It's not an I win button, but it's still something that gives you that little bit more, that edge that you might need mm-hmm. to do tougher content. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's it's enchanting is one of those things we definitely need to see. I, I agree with Daedalus on this. I definitely need to see it in practice to really know for sure. Because like either either way could work well depending on how that system sort of is laid out. Um, yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna make a transition into a topic over on Ashes HQ, which I linked this before. I like that there was a use of tags by this poster. Um, this would be the person who who claims to be. <laughs> <laughs> my number one fan but didn't know when what the time and day of the podcast was earlier it feels bad man uh oh, feels bad but this was a, a really good use of hashtags because uh well it utilize all the resources on the forums man get to get to work and using it here we go this one comes from donver first one i might add who has contributed a pretty significant post over on uh, Ashes HQ forums. And I wanted to make sure that we outlined it here. Okay. States. All right. Now, this was under uh, the uh, archetypes and classes board. Uh, The heading is healing. Should the summoner class have access to reliable healing? Now, we already know that a summoner, right, has the capability to sort of help fill a role. That could be healing tanking or damage to what extent we don't know but he says okay healer or support classes are a touchy subject in the community when it comes to what classes should be reliable healers supports furthermore jack of all trade classes are generally seen in a negative light when they can be reliably or can reliably fill any role without any detriment bring the subject up to hear the thoughts of the community on this matter and hear how you would work healing and support into a summoner's kit and that's where I'm, now he's got on here for context. He's got some thoughts around, you know, why run someone who provides healing just when you can provide the same healing or damage, right? Because you don't, you know, I think from my perspective, want to trivialize healers or tanks because a summoner is able to fulfill that role themselves, right? But that's that's a really good question because where do you, you know, what's the cost benefit analysis going to look like here? Um How's where where's the line between supplemental and and doing too much? But what but back to the point though, like what what are your thoughts in regard to how you would sort of work healing and support into a summoner's kit? Um I guess I would probably wanna understand what reliable looks like. Reliable as in you can replace a cleric? Hell no. There's a cleric for a reason, right? The summoner should have a different spin on it and it should be something that's unique so however that happens um i just i wouldn't want it to replace a healer that that's for sure i would want it to be maybe like um an opportunity just to um assist the broader group in a tougher encounter and and make the summoner relevant or at least somebody that has that you know, spin on their summoners. So summoner cleric um, be, you know, more along those lines is, is something that's relevant, but I, I would not want it to be like similar to what we maybe saw in, in the wow space around warlock being able to tank um, like warlock pet being able to tank. It's kind of seeing like in your example, that's kind of what I'm seeing this too. I wouldn't want, you know, a main heel to be a summoner. Um, that just 
seems to me like it's it it's too much blending and it defeats the purpose of having a support class uh it, or sorry having a healing support class because summoners i see is is maybe more on the kind of the non-healing support or at least there's there's elements that it might have where they're more jack of all trades but i wouldn't i wouldn't be supportive of doing that mm-hmm. as a general rule because it just it takes away from another class and whenever you're doing that you're making players that are playing that class feel irrelevant and that is like a big point i've made in kind of other discussions we've had is that if players don't feel relevant they're going to re-roll a, mm-hmm. a character you know so that they can be in a role that's relevant so yeah i i think great like point to make but i would definitely say no i, I wouldn't want that to be a thing because it just it defeats the purpose I I'm just going to maybe uh take this question to a different direction. Maybe he means not a total replacement to a cleric, but someone that may not outmatches no. Like would give a healing potential to win a fight if that makes sense. It doesn't have to be full on heal to overcome an enemy completely, but it would Equal, it would give a nice balance to things. Um, I think that's the right approach to this, I guess. But here comes the balancing issue. Like, I don't know how they're going to balance that necessarily because it's supposed to be a healing element to a summoner, as Dino said. Um, so most of his kit. It's not even supposed to be healing at this point. <laughs> so I don't know where to even start of putting heal or support into this role. Well, yeah. maybe to think about it, Faisal, and this is at least how I'm thinking about it, and maybe this will kind of help too in terms of where I'm coming from, is you're going to have... As a summoner, it's a pet class, right? That's your primary, right? You're going to have pets. So I could see like a cleric um, secondary being something where there's maybe some buffs the pet provides that maybe gives you some regen, like as it like gives, you know, the group some regen or they can, I think uh, there was a mention about like holy damage. Maybe your pets do holy damage instead if you're, moving down like a holy augment or sorry a, a damage route so there's there's yeah. options i think there i just when you say like whether or not the healing reliable healing i think reliable healing is cleric replacement that's the okay. way i would look at it okay and personally and i don't know if that's what donver was intending and if you know if i'm wrong i'm sure he'll say something in the comments which i'd love to kind of have a conversation about this but I would I would definitely feel like this. Uh, and one of the things he's talking about is like, why would we get, you know, one class versus another? Because a summoner can do healing and damage. Well, if again, they're going to do healing and damage, then I think you're going to have to tune the power level down to a point where they can't do either as well as the main component, uh, mm-hmm. the, the main, I guess, the, the main class that that's their role. Like, support to me is is going to be more balanced and 
And again, it's all going to depend on your augmentations and your choices, depending on how reliable your healing, um, you know, could be. And again, I don't feel like it's going to be like a direct heal thing. It might be like regen or heal over time, or it might have a restorative component for your, you know, mana or what have you. There's there's different ways you can go with that and still make it unique to the summoner and and not necessarily make the cleric and what the cleric can do irrelevant. But mm -hmm. here's the thing, Dados, is basically that the cleric heals mostly other people. Maybe he wants it to be in a sense of it being reliable to the summoner only. Wouldn't that that's a way be... you could balance it too? Yeah. yeah, that's a way you could balance it too. Absolutely, make the heals be a component of the pets, and the pets can self heal. The again, there's a balance component to that too. Yeah. It's like you don't want the pets to be like tanks, right? <laughs> yeah, because I mean the skill the skill perspective is is that with summoners, um, it's not just going to be like you have your your summon creature that's going to be there automatically doing everything. You've got to actually. You know, it, you've got to actually like control that thing. You got to make the choices in regard to how it's functioning, what its actions are, along with what your own are, right? So that's like kind of part of the catch. Um, but while I can appreciate someone who's really skilled with their their summoner, who has a lot of you know really good skill measurable in how they are functioning using their summon creature, still don't think you want even when they're doing a really great job to be able to fulfill one of those core roles damage sure tanking and healing no supplemental sure like maybe as a summoner i think specifically related to like tanking like maybe as summoners you know a summoner could function as being an off tank like i could kind of get behind that i could get behind that like you're in a bit of a a tight you know uh situation you can't get an off tank for something you got your main tank there and you need someone who can just sort of help manage some certain mechanics and a summoner can fulfill that role. You're not fulfilling a main role. You're, you're fulfilling a secondary role in that situation. Yeah. So in that situation, that that would work, right? Um, the thing that's tricky with healing, though, which is what's specific to Donver's article, is this is the tricky part, right? If you're just doing like hots, is it sort of lackluster that you're just sort of like providing essentially like a buff scenario with the pet? Do you want to fulfill completely fulfill a healer role? I don't think so. Not something as significant as like probably a high priest cleric, right? Like in that situation, absolutely not. Supplemental, sure. I think specifically where I'd like to see a summoner um, healing role uh fit in well would specifically align with like utility i think that is where it, they could really shine um and and potentially their summoned creature being uh, interchangeable with maybe i don't know exactly what they're going to allow in terms of like uh how many different summoned creature you could potentially like alternate between we don't know yet but that, you know, maybe I got one that's more oriented towards this type of utility and this one more oriented towards it. And then in helping to supplement healing and being in a healer role, I provide something unique without taking away from a core healer. So I think for me, that would actually be important. Agreed. But, yeah. 
Yeah, but I just want to, I want to stress utility doesn't just mean CC or something, you know, sort of like that. And that's where it's going to come down to, you know, this is where it's going to come down to the developers doing something interesting. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are definitely a lot of great references out there for creatures that are, uh, you know, pets or summons or whatever that function well that you can control, some that you can't, where they have interesting features available. Um, that's on the developers, right, to, to find something that's, you know, quote unquote, meaningful to the player. So, yeah, yeah. And, and Nero said something that I think is relevant for all classes, not just the uh, summoner here, but each class needs to excel at something, not just be a like a, a worse version of Filler. like any of the other classes. Right. I think that's that's <laughs> yeah. a huge point um, that I think is really important is like every every archetype needs to have their niche right so they are a role that they fill and if they do that right then they're going to i mean they're going to have a, a really good experience for all classes right i mean the balance piece is kind of another conversation entirely but at least get the class fantasy right um yeah. if you do that then you're you're definitely making you're making strides Definitely agree with that too. You guys have any other thoughts around uh, this particular point before we move on? Kind of coming up to the end here. No, going once, going twice. Fantastic, gentlemen. We've we've covered quite a bit today, believe it or not. Yep. So, what's our final thing to share today, everybody? Aside from checking out asheshq.com and like interacting on the forums, because I'm trying to uh, tinker with more of you people over there. Uh, Oh man, you're good, Daedalus. Um, here we go. Live stream's coming up, my friends. You can get in your stuff and things and add it over there on their uh, forums, which I will link right here. You can list your questions all the way up until Wednesday, 11 a.m. Pacific, and they will check. Yeah, you can you can do that. Maybe your uh, question will make it onto their developer live stream. Um, the developer live stream will be on May 27th. That's this Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, right? You can expect we'll be doing our Ashes post show here in regular fashion, which means community day will probably start a little earlier than normal. Usually start at 5 p.m. Central, right? But we'll be following up as their live stream comes to an end. Our Ashes post show begins. It's the Ashes post show. We've been doing it for oh, two years or something now been a long time it's been really fantastic they don't always drop by but sometimes devs drop by and chat more often than not and they love seeing the passion of the community i'm sure they're rotating between tons of other streams as well um, but it's really good to sort of like interact with them and it's it's really it's just a really great vibe having all the homies drop by and gather around and talk about things and of course we take your notes here put them together we uh, talk about a lot of the things that start our next month on the Ashes Pathfinder show, discussing that in the uh, follow-up podcast, which usually is Sundays, 5 p.m. And by usually, I mean uh, it's been clockwork forever. So every freaking Sunday at 5 p.m., we go live unless something's up, which is very rare. And the first one after those developer streams, we're covering it. it usually takes us two to three weeks of shows to chip away at all of it, which is great for us. And we also post the developer live stream outline up on the daggum 
website, asheshq.com. Up there is an article. So there you go. So we'll definitely be seeing you over there for the developer live stream. Absolutely count on me being live afterwards. And that, my friends, is our show. That was a hell of a show, everybody. And look at that. Look at that. We are almost at 180 episodes. Do you know that? Whoo! We yep. are getting close. It's crazy. We're getting close to 200 episodes. That is insane. We're actually going to edit this year. I don't even know what to say about all that. But everybody, it's been a great one as always. Much love to all of you who have been here trucking away with the rest of us. Every Daggum podcast. To all of you that are in our community, much love y'all. We're going to let our homies here on the show, Daedalus, Basil, shout out their domains or places you can find them when they're not on this podcast. Daedalus? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. Faisal? You guys can find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. Yes, and I'd like to take a moment to encourage everybody who does check Faisal on Twitter to at him and ping him and to tell him to wake his ass up on Twitter. The place he talks about but never actually interacts in. Exactly. Give him a reason to talk to people on Twitter, right? Because uh, I'm not I'll good enough. I don't know what to say. Okay. I don't know what to say. Jesus. <laughs> okay, it's Twitter. We, well, we, what do you say on Twitter? Tweet, tweet, Whatever you do, don't tell them where the bodies are buried, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, right? Talk about how you don't break your eggs when you're running around doing murder bunny things, perhaps something like that. I don't know. It's been good. I got to give Faisal a hard time when he's here because we don't get him here every single time. So I got to make up for the time he's not here, which is every time he's here, he's getting some shit. And I'm glad we got <laughs> another clip to actually showcase those moments because they're beautiful. Friends, it's been a pleasure, but I want to tell y'all, as we always say here on the show, right, we might be coming up to the end of today's show, but got to remind all of you that whether you watch us live, you watch it on YouTube, you listen to the podcast on the places when you can, you're a part of the journey, you're a Pathfinder as well. So much love to all of you, to Intrepid Studios, and until next week, live your best lives, walk in the light, have a great night, friends, and we're going to see you again real soon. Good night, everybody. Take care, Bye everyone. Night.